uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we should be looking for right now. How are we going to be involved? The last few weeks we we ministered on how are we going to, how do we reach people? How do we, you know, look at ourselves? How do we realize what what's missing? And some self-seeking that we need to look at as to what we've been um, been believing and what we're established in. If it can be shaken, it will be shaken. But if you're built on the Word of God, that cannot be shaken. Everything, the Bible says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But see, the Word of God cannot be shaken. And I'm going to tell you this too this morning, just give you a prelude to what we're, where we're going. The Bible says that God does not share His glory with anyone. But you need to understand you're no longer not anyone. You are someone. You are a child of the living God. And you've got to realize that he will share his glory with you. Now that, that will cause some problems. That statement will cause some problems. Let me ask you something. What's one thing religion and God demands of you? To glorify God. The difference between God is and religion is religion requires you to glorify Him with whatever you got. And that's not enough. So you'll always come up empty. You'll always come up shorthanded. You'll always come up feeling a little condemned, a little guilty. But God says, You're going to glorify me. And with, with what? With the glory I put in you. The Bible's very clear there's a day coming when he's going to glorify you. Us as human beings. He's going to put his glory in us. He said, I'm coming after a glorious church. If you look up that, it's his glory in them. So that means we're participating and we are possessing something that is of him. Wow, this just messes religion up big time. Matter of fact, they'll even scream they're not religious. They're just right. You know. But they can't answer the question. So where do I get the glory to glorify him with? After all, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a worm. I'm no good. So you get that penetrated in the mind of people and then turn around and demand they glorify God. With what? I'm just making it by the skin of my teeth. I might not even get to heaven. And you're telling me to glorify God? How am I supposed to do that? Do you see? Because they, they don't understand themselves. But they've taken on the role of trying to lead somebody else. You know what Jesus, the Bible tells us, that's the blind leading the blind, they both end up in the ditch. That doesn't mean they both end up going to hell. It just means they both end up, how many have been in the ditch before? Does that mean you're going to hell? Does that mean you're not going to make your destiny? It doesn't mean, it just means you're, you're stuck. 
and somebody's going to have to come along and get you out. What Jesus, what the, what the Bible was saying in that is, the blind leads the blind, and then somebody else is going to have to get both of them out. Amen? And you can only get out if you have a teachable spirit. If you do not have a teachable spirit, you will stay in the ditch till Jesus comes or you die. That doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. That just means you're not going anywhere here. You're just going to keep spinning and spinning around, going nowhere. If we're going to get somewhere, I've got news for you. We're going to have to depend upon something greater than us. And then we're going to have to receive what God has for us. That's a big deal. I can get people seeking God for what they're what God's got. It's receiving what God's got's what's hard. The receivers are broke. And it's because we feel unworthy. And when we get out of unworthiness and we get out of fear, fear is just you just just not sure of the unknown. But I'm just going to challenge you today. What I'm going to talk about today, I just challenge you, seek him. I was raised in the Pentecostal circle. Not, not the bun hair, but it was just as Pentecostal, buddy, I'm telling you. Um, no shorts. No tank tops. T-shirt. Jeans. And no mixed swimming. I mean, just a bunch of stuff. wasn't there, mom? Mom, mom had to go to mom had to go to work at a sewing factory. All the other women wore pants, and the reason they wore pants is you sat at a sewing machine. And if your machine went down or it needed to be maintenanced, they didn't want you to stop working. You had to keep working, stay at your station. And the mechanic would come along and he'd work on the machine. Guess where he had to go to work on the machine? In front of it, down below, in, right, almost in between their legs. That's why the women wore pants. But because of religion, my mom couldn't wear pants. She had to wear a dress. See, religion said that was okay, but being modest wearing pants wasn't because that's dressing like a man. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I mean, just stupid. Now, get offended all you want to, but that's just stupid, you know, and you can't argue it any other way. Mom was going to go to hell because she wore pants, but she wouldn't go to hell wearing a skirt with a man there working that's not her husband working on a machine. Hello? Stupid. But in that circle, they did teach me something very valuable. And that was to seek after whatever this, this individual was called the Holy Spirit. Now, men will always make anything stupid. You can go down every denomination. I didn't give you a denomination. But you can go down every denomination non-denomination, all of us, everyone included, 
And when man gets a hold of a revelation from God, it won't take us very long to turn it stupid. We just do it. Because we're trying to figure out how to control it. Monopolize it. Make a profit off of it. And, and stake a name in the world with it. And, and it's just a stepping stone. Every denomination received a revelation. And every revelation was a stepping stone to get closer to him. Not to organize and stop right there. It was to continue to grow. And what was wonderful about us is, is, is the, the Holy Spirit and understanding the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And seeking those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had been in services. Once again, you know, I'm talking about myself, my own experience. I'm not talking about anybody else. But in those experiences, you got to youth camp. Well, the first thing they want to make sure was before you left youth camp that you were saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that was the that was the project when you went to youth camp. They wanted to see you in the altars, and they were going to try to. And and I'd gotten an altar before, and I don't know. I said some words. I ain't real sure whether it was the Holy Spirit or not. I heard everybody speaking around me, and. You know, let it go, hold on, let go, hold on, let go. And, and they'd touch you on the chin, try to get you to speak, you know, something. And, and then they'd get in your ears, and they're speaking in tongues, and you're supposed to talk like them. And, and if you just say something, they'll leave you alone. He's got it, everything's good, and they'll leave you alone. So I just said something, and they left me alone. But I knew if, if this is really God, this is not it. This is not it. And I kept seeking and seeking. Got in another meeting, and, and, and a lady got a hold of me down there, and, man, I was, I was getting tired. I was wanting to go home, but she was bound to determine that I was going to speak in tongues that night before I left. And she was more determined than I was. See, right there's the problem. If you're not hungry and you're not receiving then everybody else is wasting the time trying to pray with you, trying to work with you, trying to help you get your healing or whatever. If you're not, if you're not desiring that, I, you know, we're, we're, remember, people came to Jesus. The only time Jesus went to somebody is when it was their friend or somebody asked him to go there, and they went with him. And the, when they got there, they were waiting on Jesus to get there because they were not able to get there themselves. Understand, it still come down to desire, a hunger for Christ to come and do something. We've turned that around the church trying to get something to happen, and we're getting drugged here and drugged there, and people don't even want us there. I can't tell you how many times I've been drugged someplace. You get there and find out they didn't want to see me in the first place. Now here I am. Now pray. Okay, I'll pray. We're going to have a faith failure here in just a minute. I can just tell you right now, I'll prophesy this over you right now. We're about to have a faith failure. Pray for them, nothing happens. Nothing. They didn't want you there to begin with. They didn't want you praying for them to begin with. Hello? Because you can't force this thing. It is a compelling of the Holy Spirit. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. 
He's the only avenue. There's not several avenues to God. There is one avenue to God. The Bible says it's through Jesus Christ, and no one comes to him except the Spirit draws him. Hmm. Now, here's the good news. He came so that all might be saved. So he's going to draw everyone. Everyone's going to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I was just discussing this with somebody this week because they're trying to figure out about salvation. Is somebody saved? They said they had an experience with God. Okay, they had an experience. Everyone's going to have an experience with the Spirit of God. Everyone. The difference between becoming saved and just having an encounter is follow through. You can have an experience. You can feel his presence all around you. But if you don't follow through with that and accept him as your personal savior, accept the blood sacrifice that was given to you on behalf of your sins and your sins are washed away, if you don't take that next step, guess what? The Bible says you can believe and confess. Because I'm telling you, once you receive that salvation experience, the next thing you're going to do is you want to tell somebody about what just happened to you. But if all you had was an experience, an encounter, then you just know God's real, but you didn't receive him. Remember, Satan was in God's presence every moment worshiping. Where's Satan at today? Well, he's, he's, he's in, in the heavenlies right now, and he's not the third heaven, but the second. Uh, he's, he's out there in the atmosphere wreaking havoc on God's, on God's creation in any way that he can because he's opposed to God. He never accepted God as God. He decided he'd be God. He could take that throne. You see? So just being in his presence does not get you saved. It's accepting the perfect work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection and him seated at the right hand of the Father, accepting that as, as truth in that presence and receiving him. And with that goodness that he bestows upon you, you will produce a life of sacrifice to him. Your life is now his. That happens automatic. That's not something you, this is not decision making. Well, I don't know. We'll negotiate what I'm going to do and how I'm going to. No, there's no negotiation. When somebody's that good to you, you are. Anybody that's been good to you, you're just a little, favor. you favor them a little, Right? So, but I can tell you, you cannot be afraid of the Holy Spirit and his nine gifts. You've got to seek them. 
you you got to let him know I'm interested and I just I remember my process and the seeking really is all that it is is it's is it's tearing down all your your unbelief and your desire for him is greater than your fear because I can tell you even being raised in this Pentecostal circle that speaking in tongues I'd try to figure out how in the world they're doing that you know how are they doing that and I'd try when I was away from everybody else. I'd try. That's weird. That's goofy. I didn't want to be goofy and I didn't want to be weird. I just wanted I just wanted God. You know, I just wanted more Him. And I remember, here's the thing, when you start seeking, He He said, Anybody who knocks, the door will open. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you're going to find. Amen? All that is so true. You don't need to find the right guy to put his hands on you. You need to seek him. And I'll never forget, I wanted this so bad. I just couldn't stand it. I wanted it so bad. There's something inside me. I wanted this so bad. And I didn't just want, and here's another thing. The church I went to, they said you could have one or two of these gifts, but that's it. So it was like, choose wisely, because you get two, and that's all you get. So whatever you get, that's what you got, and you're done, you know. And in my little church in that denomination, I broke, I broke free of that, and they didn't know what to do with it. My pastor didn't know what to do with it. At one point, they looked at me and said, you're a prophet. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a business guy. Just wanting Jesus. That's it. But because I flowed, they watched me flow in all nine spiritual gifts. They thought I must have been elevated to a new promotion from God. That didn't make you. Prophet is another. That's another. That's a calling into an area. And I don't have time to get into all that. But that's. I said, I'm not a prophet. I'm just a Christian. Well, how do you, how do you explain this? I said, I'll explain it to you. Y'all's the one that said you can only have two. God never did. God said maybe one or two would work at a time in you. Hello? When the Holy Spirit comes in in that level, he doesn't come in parts. He comes in whole. So if he, if he comes in whole with nine gifts, all nine come in at the same time. And so now we must seek to find out. And our seeking is simply what it's really doing. is It's, it's, it's peeling off. It's not trying to find him because he's right here. Seeking really comes down to you're peeling off your doubt and unbelief. You're peeling off your questions. You're peeling off your doubt. And, uh, you, you're just peeling it all off. And what happens is desperation begins to take place, and desperation will open doors, just like hunger will. When, you, when your life is in the throes, something else takes over, and there's, it goes from, well, I would like to, I want, I, boy, it'd be nice, to a I must have, it cannot be any other way. My life depends upon it. And I remember, for me, I had had lots of experiences, but I was never happy with any of them. 
and I was seeking, and I was seeking God, and he, and what I realized that how he was there all the time, but he was just peeling off. And I remember I got out of a business meeting. Now, what's on your mind in a business meeting? Numbers, projections for the next three, next quarter, the following quarter, what's coming up this next year, and that's what you talked about all the way. And from from Cape Girardeau on that meeting, uh, I, that's all we talked about in the car. And they pulled me into the, my, my little Debbie truck was parked out there at the Kroger store, and they pulled me into the Kroger store and dropped me off because that's where they met me to get me on over to Cape Girardeau. And then we all went home to, to, to I went home to Tom, uh, to Mocky Town, and, and the rest of them went home to their home. And I remember getting out of that car, as I got out of that car and the business was behind me, I was back to, I'm heading home. And God, we had just got done at the doctor's office, and Pat had lumps in her breast. They were concerned that it was probably cancer. And, and I've got children at home, and now I'm getting in the truck facing this. And I got in the truck, and before I started it, I, it was my last prayer before he really just messed me up. And I'll never forget it. I said, I can't live any longer. I have to have you. I can't live like this any longer. I, I can't do anything with my wife. I can't fix this. I got two babies at home. I'm trying to run a business. I can't do it anymore. I can't live like this. And I started that truck up, Rosie, and I put it in drive. And by the time my foot come off that brake, I felt the presence of the Holy Ghost come in the cab of that truck, and I started speaking in tongues, and I couldn't stop. By the time I got to the stop sign and started pulling out of that driveway, that parking lot, if you know Anna, you know what I'm talking about, pulling off and taking off toward the interstate. As I was making that curve, I lost complete senses of where I was at, and I didn't realize where I was at until I was coming into my driveway in my house. I don't know how I got home. I don't remember the road. I don't remember. It's the only time in my life I lost time. When I got there, I'd heard about this, but I wasn't sure about it. I always felt like people put on too much. I was always looking for the act. I was always looking for people being deceiving. And so, but I got out of the, I, I shut the truck off out there in the darkness of that place where we lived, out in the middle of nowhere, light shining up there, the porch light is on. I shut that truck off, and I opened up the door, and I had never drank a drop in my life. Just didn't know what drunk was like. Uh, I'm just a good kid. I just didn't get into that stuff. And I went to step out of that truck, and I fell right out of it. I went to try to get up. I couldn't get up. I started staggering backwards and fell again. And everything was moving. I thought, what's wrong? I, I couldn't understand what was wrong. And, and the best I could tell you is I was drunk as a skunk right there in the spirit. I had to crawl on the gravel to get over to the door to shut the door, and I crawled right up to the porch. I tried, to, I tried to get myself up off of my feet, and I fell again. 
I finally crawled up to the door and started knocking on the door, and I dr dragged myself up from the door, and Pat opened up the door, and I laid hands on her, and, and, and God told me, he said, lay hands on her. He said, I'm going to show you just what this is really all about. And I laid hands on her, prayed for her. She went back to the doctor the next day or two, no lumps, no nothing. We had no more worries of any breast cancer or anything like that with her. She's completely whole. And and I got inside the door, and it's the last time Pat ever seen me like this, but I just fell over backwards in the couch, and that's where I, I don't know how long I was there. My my parent, my, 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 my in-laws came over when they saw me drive up, and I don't know what they were wanting. I still today don't know what they were wanting. They, they, Pat said, well, we talked, and they want to know what was wrong with you. And they, they said, well, he's just asleep. He was really tired. She, Pat was just making any cover-up story she could make because she really wasn't quite understanding what was going on herself, except I kept speaking in tongues. And I realized after that moment, Kurt, from that day forward, I knew this is real. This is the real deal, and I want more of this right here. But can I tell you that the Bible, when you study it out, I thought the gifts of the Spirit and then the gift of, 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 of or the, the calling to, to do something for the kingdom, and that was pretty much the compass of it all. But you know that isn't? The Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know what it calls it? The first fruits. Wait a second. The gift of the Holy Spirit deposited in you with the nine spiritual gifts, the Bible calls it the first fruits. It's God's tithe on you of what he's about to do in your life. Now, if you'll look at tithing anywhere in the Bible, you'll find that when tithing is done, increase comes with it. Blessing and increase comes with it. Did you know that when the Bible talks to us, I'm gonna, let me just go there real quick because I, I want to get done here. Watch this. Boy, this is good. This is really, 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 really good. Here's what I want you to see real quick before I go here. The Bible tells us, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your knowledge of God works a patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you, excuse me, you may not, you, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Is there something you're still wanting? If there's something you're still wanting, then patience has not had its perfect complete work and you've got more to go if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and doesn't withhold any and he shall be given to him but let him ask in faith not wavering for he that wavers is like a sea remember Abraham when Abraham received the promise the Bible said he did not he did not waver. He did not waver between two exclusive opinions. His body, he said, he hoped against hope. 
what he, he expected, he expected against expectation. Expectation was, you're too old, you can't have any more children. That's the expectation that life gave to Abraham. The world, the, the, the world gave him that expectation. But he hoped, he expected against that expectation because he received a word from the Lord. And the Bible said he did not waver. What that word means is he, it was a word meaning vacillate or to vacillate between, slide between two mutually exclusive opinions. Once Abraham got the news, now he stepped out, now he stepped out with the helper and made a child, right? Do you know why he did that? Because he knew God said it was going to happen and he was trying to make it happen. That's all. He was afraid it couldn't happen through Sarah. Sarah was afraid it couldn't happen through Sarah. But they believed so much that God said it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. So let's help him. How many of us go there? Hey, we all go there. God said, I'm going to get you a job. And so we go start making applications everywhere. Instead of saying, hey, God, where would you want me to put an application in? You know, we don't seek him about it. We just, we're going to help him. We're going to help him. We, we got a project here right up here for bathrooms over here, okay? And God's given us that vision for that, okay? And with that vision, I could help God. I can run to the bank. The bank has already said, we'll help you. We'll help you help God get them bathrooms in there. And I said, I thank you so much. I don't say it to the banker because he don't need a smart aleck. But I walk out of there going, you know, God, we just don't need help. You and I just don't need help. You're going to take care of it. I know you're going to do it. Praise God. And he's doing it right now. Just, just what he's doing in this ministry right now, he's doing it. He's got, it's going to happen. But praise God, I'm not going, until God says, I am not going somewhere else to get a source. Can God use that as a source? Yes. But I ain't doing it until he says. And right now he says, no, don't do anything. I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to let you do it, see. But that's all that happened to Abraham. He got, he, they got to talking about this, and Sarah says, I got an idea. Why don't you just sleep with, with, with my servant over here, and then we'll get the child God's promises. Boy, did that mess up the world. We're still dealing with that today, ain't we? Every day on the news, we're dealing with that. We're dealing with that decision. <laughs> Amen? Let's not help God and create havoc for the rest of our generations. Amen? Let's just step back and let God do something. All right? Let's let him have something to do with it. All right. So now watch this. Paul says in verse 18, chapter 8, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. How else can we help God? Because I'm talking about the Spirit of God right now. You know how else we can help God? We can 
have a service. And we can manipulate the emotions and bring about an, a, an apprehension and a fear of the future. And we can have an altar call and out of fear of hell or dying or maybe pulling out in the highway today and you'll die and this is your last day and this is your last opportunity. You'll, you, you may meet your maker today. And we build that fear and build that story up. And next time, you know, next thing you know, you got an altar full of people who are crying out because they feel guilty of their sin. You know what they're really feeling guilty of? It's not sin they're feeling guilty of. It's the results of sin that they're feeling guilty of. And so they cry, or they just may say, here, everybody stand. And if you don't want that awful thing to happen to you, everybody just, just repeat after me. And, and they pray what we call a, a salvation prayer. And then everybody who prayed that prayer today you're born again now. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now you, now what we're doing, we're helping God with the harvest. Right? We're helping him. But in that help, how many of those were drawn by the Spirit of God that he so loved the world that he gave? Or are they drawn by the Spirit of man and manipulation of, I'm afraid I'm going to hell. Hello? Well, I don't know how many. That's right. And then we declare and tell them they're saved, and now because somebody they trust in the position that they should know this book, they're now confessing something that they do not have. Hmm. Doesn't that cause lots of problems in the, in the Christian family? Now because of that, there's no conviction, there's no contrition, there's no, there's no spirit, and now we begin to determine what's right and what's wrong and who goes to heaven and who doesn't and whether I, am, I can act the way I want to act, do the things I want to do, and God just smiles on it, approves it, because, hey, I'm a Christian. I can interpret the word any way I want to. See, the Bible, the, the writer of this is the one you got to go to to find out what it's saying. So watch this. Watch this. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. The glory which shall be revealed in who? In us. The glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now wait a second. What's he talking about here? Let's go on. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, not willingly, but by the reason of him who has subjected the same hope. 
because the creature itself, wait a second, the creature itself. See, we've always looked at this creature as being some kind of human being or humans, and that's not what he's talking about at all. He said, the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. That creature he's talking about there is the creation. The creation out there, the atmosphere, the stratosphere, the planets, this earth, the moon, the sun, are all a living organism. If you don't know it, the earth is moving right now. It's alive. The earth is alive. <coughs> that atmosphere out there is alive. And the Bible says, because of the fall of man. See, that was all, the, all this is the backdrop of what's coming to stage, which is the glory of God in us. And the Bible calls it, I don't have time to go there, but in this, just these few verses, the Aramaic calls it the Great Awakening. You wonder where the Great Awakening came from? It wasn't a man. Right here in the Bible. Not a revival. Because the revival, I'm tired of the circus. How about you? Come in and let's play games and have a big circus. And then we had great services, but nobody changed. Next week we come to church, everybody's still just the same. Everything's still just the same. We had a moment and experience in his presence, but nobody took it any further. We didn't step forward and do something about it receive something in it, we just had a great time, felt God's presence, and woohoo, and that's it. The revival is for the church to come closer to God to receive the gifts because the gifts are the first fruit for the awakening, and the awakening is coming it's why the, there's three groanings mentioned in the New Testament. There's the groaning of the Spirit of God. There's the groaning of humanity. And there's the groaning of the creation. Do you know what earth came? Now, they'll give you all kinds of reasons why the earth does its thing and we have earthquakes. They can show you shell lines and they can show you faults and they can tell you well, if the wor first of all, if the earth is not a living organism, why should we have to worry about it? It's not moving. But because it moves, hello, we have some things to worry about, right? But what caused those faults? Did God create this earth with faults? No. When he created it, he said it's good. When you look up good, it's perfect. It was in perfection that he created it. When, when man got here and man sinned and brought sin into the being, it cursed everything and caused everything to change. 
and now it's groaning. Those earth, those earthquakes, those moanings they hear in sensing, uh, sensing devices, those are all the earth groaning. Those shooting stars, that's not for you to wish upon a star. Those things that you see in the atmosphere that are happening, that we, meteors flying and all that stuff, God did not produce that. That is the atmosphere, stratosphere, and the earth groaning and moaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And they are all in this position and this situation because of the act of sin on this little blue marble. Now I want you to understand, when you start understanding how powerful the act of sin, the act of deciding God's not right, I'm right, I'm going to do it my way. That was sin. Rejection of God's advice and taking on my own advice, that is where sin entered in. And that act, not the act of sexual immorality, not the act of alcoholism, not the act of drug abuse, not the act of cursing, not the act of all this other garbage, murder, that's, not, that's a result of choosing my own decision over God's. When, and the human being made in the likeness of God is so powerful that the act of sin affects the whole stratosphere. Wow. Now let me ask you this. When we allow, at times when we allow, the Holy Spirit to flow through us, the moments that we get that we allow him to flow, he's always repairing. He's always fighting the law of disintegration. He's always bringing life instead of death. He's always calming the groanings and revealing the glory in this little moment. And look at the difference that it makes in a human people, in a human's life. Look at the difference that it can make in an, in an, in an area or region. Look at the difference that it can make. They talk about up there, up there in Chicago, there is a church up there, and, and that church went in and bought a, a, a little piece of property. We talked to a pastor that went up there when they first bought it and said, Dean, I'm telling you, you drive in there, and I'm telling you, when you drove in there, you were hoping you got out alive. And we'd go up there and be involved in his ministry because we believed in him. But when we got there, we were the same color as the people on the street. And we were wondering if we were going to get out alive. It was that bad. He's been up there for about 30 years now. And the whole community, as far as you can see, has changed. The gangs have moved out. Business has grown. What happened? The glory of God in individuals showed up and began to release that glory, and it changed the property values. It changed the churches around. It changed the community. It answered the question to what was, what was happening there, and it 
fought the law of disintegration and won. Now, what could happen if 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 we started getting a hold of that and begin to? I had a, I had a lady come to our church one time, and she brought me a letter. Pastor, I think you need to read this. I think you need to read it in front of everybody. I think you need to read it. Where it's a warning. It's a prophet put out a warning, and we need to read it. And we the people need to know, and they need to get prepared. Man, that sounds pretty serious. Can you give me a little bit and go back to my office and read it? Yes, read it. I said, okay. So I went back and I read it. You know what it was about? The prophetic, the prophetic disaster of the New Madrid Fault. Coming right through this area. It's going to destroy all of southern Illinois. It's going to destroy all of, of eastern, southeastern Missouri, Kentucky, uh, western Kentucky, and on into Indiana. And it, it's going it's to destroy it all. And people need to know because, bless God, we need to preach sin and we need to drive sin out. God's going to punish this area with New Madrid fault. I came back out. She says, so are you going to warn the people? And I, I said, no. So what would you do with it? I said, I threw it in the trash. Threw it in the trash? I said, I threw it in the trash. I said, the Bible says the earth bones and groans to witness the manifestation of the sons of God. I said, there's never been a time if all that's true and that's what's going to happen. Well, then how do we stop it? We don't stop it by fasting and praying. We stop it by producing and receiving the Holy Spirit and producing the manifestation of the sons of God. Then the earth quits, the earth quits groaning. Hello? Hello? What causes the earth to what causes the earth to groan? The lack of the manifestation of the sons of God. What stops the earth from groaning? The manifestation of the sons of God. So we don't need to get fearful. We don't need to get scared. We don't need to get worried. All this is because of the act of sin. We can turn it around just by the act of righteousness and allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and get the first fruits in our life. And then from the first fruits, we're in position for the awakening to take place. And the awakening and the awakening, the groaning stop. The groaning of humanity stops. The groaning of the earth stops. And the groaning of the Spirit stops because now he doesn't have to groan anymore. He can speak fluently through you in prayers and supplications to God. Hello! And all we have to do is receive this marvelous gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're afraid of that or not sure of that, here's my challenge. Go seek him. Talk to him about that. Not wavering. Get serious about it. Because I'm telling you, when I got to the place where I said I can't live without it, I can't live without him, and desperation hit, it was like I didn't have to worry about receiving any more, Floyd. He came. In me, on me, and unto me. And that is the actual description. When I read that, got in the Aramaic, when he said, when the, when the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, what it, at manifestation was is an in you, on you, and to you. And I'm telling you that night in that pickup, in that truck, he came on me, in me, and to me, and I didn't have, you know, it was, all I had to do is just be there. And the Bible says when he comes like that, he comes with 
What's that power for? To calm the seas. To bring peace to this creature that God created. He wants peace on this earth. Remember? Peace, goodwill toward all men. How's that going to happen? Through the Holy Spirit in us. Not an act, not a charade, not a party, not a, not a, not a uh, facade, not a circus. I liked what one pastor did, and I've done it. I did it one night. I, I did not know about this until later, and I saw somebody else do it. It was 10 years later I saw him do it. But I was at a meeting up north. This pastor wanted me to come and preach, and I'm closing right now. Wanted me to come and preach. And this has been my attitude for some time. I just didn't know what I know today. And uh, I sent him some tapes. I said, you need to really listen to what I'm preaching because I've listened to what you're preaching. I don't want to cause any, any dis disruption in what you're preaching. So I sent him a handful of tapes. I said, you listen to those tapes. If you still want me to come preach your church, I'll come preach your church. Well, he listened to the tapes, and he called me up and said, I want you to bring what you preached on them tapes, I want you to bring to my church. I said, are you really sure? He said, I'm absolutely sure. It's not, it's not there now. It's closed. It closed shortly after I was there. Shortly after I was there, it closed. And that was my concern. <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy that had his name on that, you know. But I remember those people. I was preaching and, about God's goodness, and, and, and I had an altar call. And I'm telling you, I'd never had an altar call that every single individual came up to the altar. Oh, wow, I must be really good tonight. God said, lay hands on them. I started laying hands on them, and they all went out. I mean, every one of them laying out on the floor. And I got down to the end, and I'm thinking, man, I must really be on tonight, you know. And I got to the end of the line, and I'm looking around, and everybody's in, the pastor's in the floor. The pianist is in the floor. Everybody's in the floor except for Pat, me, and the kids. I looked around and God said, clear as he's ever spoke to me before, he goes, now I want you to go back and kick every one of them on the bottom of the foot and tell them to get up. I said, that seems a little irreverent. <laughs> I don't want to do that. What am I supposed to do with that? He goes, obey me right now. Kick every one of them on the foot tell them to get up. They're all playing games here at this place. I went by and I tapped him on the foot real lightly. I thought they would just lay there, but they didn't. When I tapped him on the foot, they looked up at me. I said, get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. They're all dusting themselves off. That pastor wasn't very happy. He thought I was being really irreverent. What I didn't know is he had taught all of them, manipulate them, that when I lay hands on you, you fall on the floor. I didn't, I didn't know. I'm just new here. I told you not to bring me. <laughs> I got down to the end. They're all up. I said, all right. I went over. They're looking at me. I said, just hold on a minute. And I walked up in the choir loft and stood in front of the wall. I said, okay, now what do I do? He said, go back down there, lay hands on them. He said, I'm going to show them who I am. Hmm. Okay. I didn't feel any different. 
I just started laying hands on them. And man, I mean, it was like I was shoving them in the floor then. Uh, first one, I thought, oh, my. I called for one of them. I said, hey, get over here. Stand behind these people because I don't want anybody hurt. Laid hands on them. Bam, 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 bam. I looked at the pastor. I said, would you like me to pray for you? He goes, yes. I prayed for him. Bam. His wife sat there. I said, you want me to pray for you? Yes. Prayed for her. I looked at the pianist. He said, come on, you know. So I went up there and prayed for him. I sat down. I looked at this. I looked over at Pat. He said, what do we do now? I said, let's leave. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Let's just leave. <laughs> it was about 9 o'clock at night. I left. I left. I went out there, and I figured out how to lock the door. And I just locked them in there, left. I said, well, we'll find out tomorrow. You know when them people started getting up out of the, out of the floor? One o'clock in the morning, they started crawling out of the floor. Wanting to know where I was at and what had happened. Looking at their watch, going, oh, my gosh, it's one o'clock in the morning, and we're still at the church. They told me they were stumbling out, wobbling out, couldn't walk hardly, drunk in the spirit. He called me up the next day. I thought I was going to get chewed out. What I'm trying to tell you is the circus is over. God wants to do something real and tangible that brings his glory into you. When that happened, they understood what manipulation was, and the next Sunday when he had an altar call, they weren't falling in the floor anymore. And that made him mad. And it wasn't long afterwards that he closed his church. The manipulation was over. That wasn't me. I didn't ask to go. I got invited to go, and I didn't want to go. And I tried every way to get out of going. And then when I went, I didn't do anything to manipulate anybody. I just taught on the goodness of God, and I had an altar call. And then I did what God told me to do when I was in that altar call. But I'm going to tell you, the bottom line is people got to know, not because of Dean Hammonds, because I didn't want to be there. They got to know who God was that night and what was real and what wasn't. And you know what? It's time to find that out. It's time to get in a place where we figure out who's real and who's not. And he will reveal it. Let me tell you. That's why I tell you, go seek him. Seek him about this. I'm telling you, he'll fill up your cab of your truck. He'll fill up your kitchen. He'll fill up your living room. He'll fill up your bedroom. He'll fill up wherever you're at. And he'll wrap around you, and he'll touch you, and he'll move through you, and then he'll speak through you. And then he'll, he'll, you'll start seeing the other gifts. When that happens, you start seeking the other gifts. What else can you do through me? What else can happen here? Because what you're doing is you're bringing in him in his fullness because you're getting yourself prepared for something greater to happen in this earth. And it's what's going to usher in the coming of the Lord. He's not coming until we have a glorious church. 
and he's not coming until what he says is going to take place takes place. And I'm not talking about famine. And I'm not talking about bad times. I'm talking about what God's going to do in these last days that are going to be amazing, glorious, perfection. It's going to be spectacular. And I want to be a part of it. And honestly, I just told him I just want to be on the field. I don't care. I, a water boy, I, I, a towel holder. I don't care. I don't need to be a player. I just need to be on the field. I don't want to be in the, in the, in the, in the, in the stands watching. How many of you want to be a watcher or do you want to be on the field? See, is this all right today? Does this give you a little more understanding of, of what this is all about? It's bigger. And you know, and it's such, it's such, a, it's such an easy, because it's going to be done by his power, not by my, not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. How's Illinois going to turn around? We can do all the things we can do, but then when it comes down to it, it's going to be by his spirit. Chicago's going to turn around by his spirit. This nation's going to turn around by his spirit. Amen. How's that going to happen? By the manifestation of the sons of God. How's that going to happen? We're going to, we're going to realize we need the Holy Spirit like our next breath. And in desperation, we're going to release and let go. And when we release and let go and drop all the, all the defenses, he comes in like a flood and makes a difference in your life, in every area of your life. Amen. He's good. He's good and he's greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, thank you for the great patience of these amazing people. Father, I pray, God, that a desire comes into them, Lord, that those who have not experienced this, Father, the desire comes into their heart. And Father, the Bible says that no one seeks, no one knocks, no one, no one looks that you, they're not given in abundance. And Father, I pray in abundance, Father, of your spirit be released into everyone's life here that gives them the power, Father, Lord, that, that when, they, when they stretch out a hand just to shake, when they stretch out a hand to pray, Father, when they, they have a word of knowledge, they, have a, they understand by your insight, not by our own. And they can see what can't be seen. And they can believe what couldn't be believed. And they can speak, Father, that which is not as though it was. And Father, it will manifest in this earth. In Jesus' name, we give you the praise and glory for it. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.